Good morning. Welcome to today's program, the Olive Tree and Lampstand Radio Ministry Church. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. I'm the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. Welcome to the first day of the three-hour program. I had uh, thought about the expanding the hours, and things worked out. And I had the opportunity to go to three hours, so I've taken that opportunity. So, for those that have not listened to the program before, I want to welcome you. And again, every Sunday now, from 8 to 11, I'll be here. I realize that it is difficult to generally sit for an hour, and because this is a three-hour program... I know that uh, you'll be in and out maybe. Some will, will probably listen, would listen faithfully to two hours. Three hours might be a little difficult. So there's a remedy for that. We, uh, I am podcasting these programs, and the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. You can go to the website. You can go to the podcast section. Hit that. And it'll open up all of the uh, programs that are podcast throughout the week. And mine is the uh, Olive Tree and Lamp Stand Ministry site. Go to that, and you can listen as you have time at your convenience. And again, but every Sunday you can listen live. I'll be here 8 to 11. I... Uh, with the regular audience, I have stated many times that we are now the churches of God, all the seven churches in Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3. We are now at the end of the world. We're at the end of the dispensation. We're at the end of the sixth day of creation, the type in the book of Genesis that there would be six days where God would work and he would rest on the seventh day. And the millennial kingdom, I look at the prophetic scripture, I uh, interpret with the, the scripture, with the events taking place in the world presently, and the indicators are that we are in the probably the final decade prior to Christ's return. I don't say that uh, lightly. I study and have studied the prophetic word for 40 years. But at the same time, I have watched what has been happening in the world. And in the 70s, we were the Christians within the church, the prophetic people in the uh, ministries, eschatology, were, were saying that the Christ was near, the rapture was near, but in the prophetic scripture, there would have to be certain things that would have to align and would have to all happen pretty much at the same time. And without certain events taking place, the end of the world scenario, the time that leads up to Armageddon and the tribulation, then the time that leads into the great tribulation, there are it's a system. It's, it's a prophetic 
points and following point to point to point, eventually you can figure out where you are in time. The everything began when Israel became a nation. That was the great indicator that we were moving in, the world was moving into the time of the end of days. Israel becoming a nation. That happened in May 15, 1948. And from that point on, people that have studied Bible prophecy began to uh, watch and look more closely at the prophetic scriptures. Now, we watch what is happening in China. We see what's happening in Russia. We are watching what's happening in the Middle East. Things are beginning to gel, come together. We're now in a, with a new president in this country. And the direction of the country has taken a very sharp turn. And the turn I'm talking about is into lawlessness. Away from righteousness into lawlessness. Away from law and the laws of the land to uh, lawlessness. And away from conscience to just uh, evil. These are some of the, just a few of the things that are God is using to present to the churches in the world that he is near. Other things have to take place before the tribulation begins. And there be, according to Matthew chapter 24, just before the tribulation, the last seven, the, the seven years, not the last seven years, it was just the seven years of tribulation. After the seven years of tribulation, there's an additional 75 days before the millennial kingdom begins. So you have seven years plus 30 days plus 45 days, and then you will have a time where a brief period of just days and we will be in the millennial kingdom. But before the tribulation begins, the seven years of tribulation, Matthew says that there will be a time of birth pains, a time of troubles in the world, a time of perplexing things according to Luke. Luke used, uh, Christ used the word perplexities one time in the book of Luke. And he said there would be a time of perplexities, a time when there would be no answers. The, uh, there would be no ways to solve the problems of things occurring in the world. This would be not only, uh, mainly the breakdown of the fabric within the societies of the world. In the book of Genesis, Christ did say that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. In the days prior to Christ's return, the scenario that took place in Genesis before the flood, 
many of the items or the uh, Christ said that there would be eating, they would be marrying, they'd be giving in marriage. In other words, there would be no idea. The cultures of the world would not have a, a clue that Christ's second appearing, or his coming, would be near. It would be just like at the time of Noah. There was a flood coming. Noah, a preacher of righteousness, was warning the world that there, a flood is coming. And it was evident by the ark that he was building. And they couldn't see it. They were eating. They were drinking. They were divorcing. They were marrying, divorcing, and marrying. They were eating, buffeting. In other words, the appetite for not just physical food, but the appetite for the things of the world, the things of the cosmos, was unchecked. They were buying, selling, as it was then, it is today. No one, for the most part, in the churches of God, because of a, a lack of the understanding of eschatology or the study of the end time, because many of the, many, most of the churches, all of the big churches internationally, have not studied and have not taken eschatology seriously. But for the people of God, God would always send His prophets into a society, into an area, before there were, the judgments would, would come. Before God would do anything, he would send his prophets. And like Amos 3, 7, the Lord told Amos, I will do nothing. Surely the Lord God, Yahweh Sabaoth, will do nothing until he sends his prophets. And he tells his prophets, he gives intricate detail to his prophets. He will do nothing until he tells his prophets of his coming plans, the plans of judgment. The world, because of the sin in the world, another thing that happened at the time of the flood, violence. Violence was a part of the society of that time. Violence, violence everywhere. At a national level, you could say, uh, in, in, in America, it would be at a national level, there'd be violence. At regional levels, there would be violence. State levels, county level, city levels, there would be violence. You look at what has happened in the last 20 years in America, the violence in some of the major cities. That's 20 years ago. You look at 10 years ago, five years ago, you look at what has been happening in these major cities in this country like Chicago and New York just in the last year. The pattern that was in, that uh, there was a pattern at the time of the flood prior to, that pattern now is in the world. Violence is escalating. Wars are escalating. Peace is being taken from the world. This would be one of the signs of the end of the world. Peace would begin to be lifted from the nations. War, 
there would be more talk of war, more of the, made the big nations preparing for war. Here, China is on a program now to build, uh, I think it's another 500 nuclear uh, sites for their missiles. Uh, there's uh, there's saber rattling, uh, there's a sword. Russia and the United States are in conflict. NATO, the European nations and Russia are pressing at each other. So these are just some of the outward signs. So as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, I'm going to go to, because of what's happening, um, the only, there's a breakdown of conscience. Conscience. Man no longer has the reins on his conscience. Even in the body of Christ, throughout all seven churches, the Orthodox churches, the Roman church, the Lutheran churches, all of the mainstream churches, the men and women that are the flock, they are beginning to drift away from conscience. Many are. And they're drifting into the things of the world. And right now, um, there is no there is no answer in many of the churches to the problems of the day. They don't have answers. And this is exactly what the Lord said would happen. There would be perplexities. No solution. No remedy. The government, you can pump billions of dollars into programs to assist people, to help people, the homeless, homeless situation, the people on the street, doesn't matter how much money you will pump into these programs, the money, it will not help. It's not a physical problem. It is a spiritual problem. There is a great spiritual problem in the world, but I can only talk about in America. And because of that, I am going to go to Mark chapter 4. This is where uh, <clears throat> beginning of Christ's ministry, and this is where he actually began to get become be, really to involve himself with the problems of his world. Matthew four verse one. Jesus began to teach beside the lake. A great crowd gathered around him, so he had to get into a ship in order to sit offshore and speak to the audience. The crowd was at the lakeside on the shore. He taught them many things in parables. He had to use parables to explain deeper truths. And in his teachings he said to them, pay attention to what I'm going to say. There is a sower who went out to sow. 
he was talking about himself. He was going to now begin his ministry into the world to begin to present to the world something that was vital. As he was sowing, as the sower goes out, some seed fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. So already he's beginning to tell them he's going into deep spiritual matters. Some of the seed, some of the things, some of his doctrine, what he was presenting, what this sower was sowing, it fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Now he's referring to, in a deeper matter, the fowl and the spirits of darkness in the air. They were coming to take what he was throwing into the path. Other seed, the same kind of seed, fell on the ground which was full of rocks, where it had not much soil. So in other words, there was no there was not enough soil for the seed to sprout and take root. And once it sprang up, because it had no depth of soil, the sun will come up. Now, the sun is a type of just the hardships of life. Every man, woman, and child will have hardship in life. We cannot, uh, we cannot separate, or separate, separate ourselves from it, whether you're wealthy, whether you're poor, whether you're uh, whatever your race may be, whatever uh, you may be intelligent, you may be not too intelligent, depending on where you are in your education. It doesn't matter. The sun is going to come up. Things in life are going to come and they're going to push you. They're going to press you. They're going to afflict you. And the seed sprang up because it had no depth of soil. When the sun comes up, it was scorched. It did not take root, had not taken root, and it withered away. Young Christians, when they come to Christ, when people come to Christ and are initially born again, the fowl of the air are going to come to try to take what is planted in their heart or what they're given spiritually. And the pressures of the world are going to come and they're going to try to destroy the new seed, the new uh, person that has received Christ. Thirdly, other seed of the same kind fell among thorns and thistles. And the thorns and the plant, these thistles, they grew, they pressed together, and they choked out and suffocated the seed. So in other words, the spiritual life, Christ is telling you that when you come to Christ, you are going, everything is going to come at you from the heaven from the sun from thorns and thistles it's going to be tough you're born born into hardship a person that is born again is born into hardship 
and the forces of darkness around him in his world or her world are going to do everything possible to keep that seed from springing up, taking root, and growing. Now, and other seed, same kind of seed, fell into good, well-adapted soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding up to 30 times as much and 60 times as much and even 100 times as much as had been sown. So, there will be the seed that will... You've got some that will uh, take root and it will grow and it will bring forth fruit. Verse 9, and he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear, consider, comprehend, let him understand. So this is an introduction to the Christian life. When a person is born again and meets Christ, immediately there is going to be conflict, opposition from the forces of darkness. Now he goes on to explain what he was just saying in a parable. He said to, <clears throat> and when he was alone, those who were around him with the twelve apostles, began to ask him about the parables. And he said to them, To you this has been entrusted, this mystery of the kingdom of God. This is the secret counsel of God, which are hidden from the ungodly. But for those outside of our circle, everything becomes a parable. In other words, I have things to explain to you, but I have to, at this time, I have to present it to you in secret, in a mystery. It's for you, it's not for those that are without. In order that they may, indeed, the, the outside world, that they may look and look, but they will not perceive, they will not understand, they will not hear, they will not grasp, they will not comprehend. lest they should turn and reject the truth. Verse 13, he said to them, Do you not discern and understand the parable? How then is it possible for you to discern and understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. The ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their heart, but when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which is sown in them. So right out, of the, right out of the gate, for those that are born again, it says here that Satan comes immediately to take by force the message that was sown in them. Verse 16, in the same way, the one sows upon stony ground, the one sown upon stony ground, are those who, when they hear the word, at once receive and accept and welcome it with joy. 
So there are those who are happy. They've received the word. They're joyful. And in verse 17, we're going to go to that in just a second. And with the... And they have no... Because they have no real root in themselves, so they endure for a while. What? When trouble or persecution arises. On account of the word, they immediately are offended and become displeased. They're indignant. They're resentful. They stumble and fall away. Many Christians have had this happen to them when they were young. And they were not able to recover from the hardships and the persecution that came and they fell away and they never did return to continue with Christ then you have the ones sown among the thorns are the others who hear the word then the cares and anxieties of the world and the distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour the deceitfulness of riches the craving and passionate desire for other thing, things, they creep in and choke and suffocate the word, and it becomes fruitless. So when we become believers, this will be the experience of the Christians. Immediately, Satan will come, the world will come to draw you away, persecution will come, Hardship will come, something that you're resentful about, and you will not continue. The kingdom of heaven is a real kingdom. It is so real that when people are born again into the kingdom of heaven, this is when they realize there is another kingdom that they have lived in which left them alone which didn't bother them until they meet Christ. Then upon meeting Christ, then that other kingdom, that invisible kingdom, begins to begins the attack. And that is when the hardships, this is when the devil comes himself. Why? Because the devil cannot allow God's kingdom to increase. This is why the Lord gave the parable of the sower and the seed. He comes to sow his word. He comes to bring revelation to mankind. And with that revelation, men's eyes are open. And then men have an opportunity to make a decision concerning their future. But once they've made a decision and they've received Christ, for many in the churches that are disciples that are to disciple young people, you have to remember that once a person, young person, gets is born again, that person is going to need a lot of prayer. That person is going to need shepherding because Satan is coming, hardships are coming, persecution is coming to that person, and also the world, the cosmos, the great tool, the great enemy of the church of God. 
the world. Satan is the king of the world. It is in the world, in the cosmos, in the the cultures of man where Satan's throne is set. So there are three ways that the devil is going to try to catch a believer immediately. But those there are those, the seed that is sown on good, well-adapted soil. There are those who hear the word. They receive it. They accept it. They welcome it. And they bear fruit. Some 30 times as much as was sown. Some 60 and even 100 times as much. So this is the introduction of Christ in Mark 4 to the disciples telling them this is what will happen you have two kingdoms a kingdom of darkness a kingdom of evil then you have a kingdom of righteousness a kingdom that is holy and there is going to be conflict with these two kingdoms now I'm going to go to Mark chapter 5. For the Christians, if the Christian people, those that don't understand the power of the kingdom of darkness, they don't understand the power of the occult, of that world, these Christians, these type of Christians, are are never going to get their balance or they're not going to get a grip. They won't be able to move into the world, into their future with the Lord. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes prayer of people that, like with myself, I had a grandmother who was always praying for, for me and my brothers and sisters, my parents. She was praying for the all of her children and all of her grandchildren, all of the son-in-laws or the, uh, the daughters' husbands and the husbands' wives. That's all she did. She was Catholic. She broke her hip uh, probably when she was around 60, and she couldn't atta- attend Mass very much And for the rest of her life, she just spent her time praying in her bedroom. And there was a time throughout the day when uh, myself and I was the oldest, we children could not bother her between two and four every day because this was her time of prayer. And it was during that time that she prayed as she was just a godly woman, though she was Catholic. She loved Oral Roberts. She used to listen to Oral Roberts, so she was, I guess you could say, a Pentecostal Catholic. She would listen to uh, Billy Graham whenever there was a Billy Graham crusade. Uh, That television and all my aunts and uncles and we children, we were sitting down listening to Billy Graham. She was able to jump religions, you might say, for the sake of God. And though she was a devout Catholic, she also loved any 
person on the on the radio that was talking about the things of God. J. Vernon McGee, the Bible Answer Man. She was a, just a person of prayer. She had a broken hip. It, she never really did recover fully from that. She was a heavy woman, but she could she could turn heaven, I tell you. And through her prayers, uh, this is why not only myself, but all my brothers and sisters, we have all come to the Lord, and for the most part, our families, through the prayers of, of my grandmother. As you get older, prayer becomes more powerful. As you get older, you get to know the uh, personality of God, and He gets to know your personality. You get to, to uh, visit with Him and, and fellowship with Him, and he's, he's like a good friend, a friend that the only, the only friend that can really help you in any, any situation, in any type of need, in any uh, crisis. And we're all going to have crisis. There are those in the hospitals that I see, have seen in the past in a time of crisis when somebody is, is dying and they don't know the Lord. They are truly in a crisis. And this is why I do appreciate the Catholic churches and the, the uh, hospitals that uh, have been built through the Catholic churches and the Lutheran churches because there is that aspect of religion. I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I understand the value of the Catholic church in a proper way. I'm not a Marian. Uh, I don't practice Marian worship. I don't pray the rosary to Mary. I marry... The last thing she ever said that's recorded about her saying the last words that are recorded were at the Cana of Galilee when Christ was changing water to wine. Her last words were concerning her son. Do whatever he says. I, I think that was it, her quote. Do whatever he says. She was pointing to her, her son. Taking the emphasis off of herself to her son. We are going to need, we're entering into the greatest time of prayer ever in the history of the world. This is in the book of Revelation. And the incense that will go from this point forward and has been going up before the throne of God in the third heaven, the incense is going to increase. The incense that comes before God are our prayers. And the incense and the prayers before God are going to increase like never before because the world is now moving into a time of hardship. And this hardship is it's not going to, it's like going into a, a, uh, a lot of examples. It's going into a time that Christ said the world has never seen. It will be a hardship like never has occurred before in the history of mankind. Even as great as the flood of Noah was, the time that we're moving to, to into is going to be even greater than that. Prayer, the incense from God's people. One thing that prayer does is the more you pray, the more you get to get the mind to Christ. 
the more you know God's will, the more you will understand God's plan for yourself and at the same time for others. And, and the more you pray, the less selfish you will become because it will tax you. You need the flow of the Holy Spirit. You have to be right with God. You have to be right, uh, holy with God. You have to be righteous with God. Uh, whenever you come to the Lord, He'll touch you on certain matters where He was offended, where you offended somebody, you need to uh, repent of it. And whenever you come to pray, it is a time where God cleanses, God washes, God reveals things to you, the matters of your heart. And no matter how old you are, we're, we are full of sin. We are just vessels full of sin, and the only thing that can wash this sin and reveal this sin to us is the Holy Spirit. And in prayer, you can do more through prayer than you can with a shovel, with, a, with any type of equipment. You can do more through prayer than uh, you can move mountains. This is what Christ said. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. You could command mountains to be thrown into the sea. This is what my grandmother did when she was alive. It was her prayers that moved mountains for all of her children and all of her grandchildren. And for the most part, we, uh, as a family, uh, we are what the world would call good people. Good people, honorable people. Everyone works. Everyone understands the necessity for work. They don't complain. They go about their business. They take care of their business. They're not a burden. No one in the family is a burden to any other. Because of example of my grandparents and my parents and my aunts and uncles, this is what the world is missing today. And through the prayers of my grandmother, I have to say that I am where I am in, in the Christian world, in life. And uh, my wife, it was through her godly lineage that she is what she is. And our children are, are through, through our lives, <coughs> they're, through our lives, because of the way we've lived and raised them, they are the best people. So, there will be more incense, more prayer, more honest, more righteous, more holy prayer going up before God's throne in our time than ever before in the history of the world. There has always been prayer during the time of the Civil War, I cannot imagine the a prayer that had gone up on the North and the South and the Christians on the Northern and the Southern sides of the nation. And the Christians, what are they praying? That their children will come alive through that war. And I know the incense that must have gone out then and in World War One and World War Two, not just in this country, but internationally. But the incense that will go up before the throne of God 
will be in our time greater than, than, has, than, than ever before in the history of mankind because we are going to enter in and are entering into the greatest time of hardship that the world has ever known. And uh, the greatest of all the spiritual gifts, in a sense, is prayer. And this is why when the Lord asked the disciples, or the disciples asked the Lord, Lord, teach us how to pray. Just that one prayer, the Our Father. And this is one prayer that every child, every single child should know. Because in that prayer, it is complete. It prays for, you're praying for others, you're praying to honor God, you're praying for yourselves, you're praying for protection, you're, you're thanking Him for your daily food. It is a complete prayer. It is, the, it is like the manna that the children of Israel ate daily while they were in the wilderness. They were supplied with their manna daily. The Lord's Prayer is like that manna. It is sufficient it is in itself. It is a complete prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, there, the God that we serve, the God that we worship, He has His realm, His heaven, and He alone sits as the head of that eternal kingdom who art in heaven. If there's ever a name that is to be hallowed, it is His name. There are many names that could be hallowed, but no, hallowed be Thy name. So, initially, in, in Luke, in Mark chapter 4, the Lord introduces the matter of the parables to the disciples. And it makes it clear there are two kingdoms. There are other, there is another kingdom apart from the kingdom that we see with our eyes. I'm going to begin now to go to chapter 5 of Mark, and I'm going to carry this in into the next hour. Now they came to the other side of the sea to the region of the Gerasen, the Gerasenes. Gerasenes. As soon as he got out of the boat, there met him out of the tombs a man under the power of an unclean spirit. So he gets out of the boat and immediately he's met by a man who is demonized, demon-possessed. The man continually lived among the tombs. No one could subdue him with chains or fetters. He was so strong, demonically strong, that you could not chain him. People that have been involved in deliverance ministry, delivering people that are demon-possessed, they realize and recognize the great strength that these people have. Great, great strength. It's not physical strength. It is strength of spirits. And also, they recognize the... You can take a person that is uneducated 
and that person can speak in different languages. This is the power of that world. So now the Lord is making an appointment to go to the other side, to the other side. You see, we're in Christianity, we're on one side. And this is the pleasant side. This is the nice side. This is the side where they're, you know, we don't hear anything that is disturbing. But there is another side. There is the other side, and it's the other side where Christ went. And that is a side that is a little bit disturbing. It can be a little frightening. But God's people, God, for those who are faithful, God will always take you to show you the other side. You have to see the other side, otherwise you don't get a complete picture of the kingdom of heaven and the power of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness and the power of the kingdom of darkness. So God will have to take you in the future and the world now is being taken to the other side across the sea. As soon as he gets out of the boat, there met him out of the tombs a man under the power of an unclean spirit. The man continually lived among the tombs. He lived in the place of the dead, in the places where there was no life, in areas where it's just totally depressing. There is no hope. There is no day. It's only nighttime. The man continually lived in that kind of a world of depression, mental stress, mental anxiety, no hope. No one could subdue him anymore, even with the chain. Again, great strength physically. For he had been bound often with shackles for his feet and for his hand and handcuffs for his hands but the handcuffs of light chains were wrenched apart and the shackles he rubbed and ground together broke them in pieces no one had strength enough to restrain or tame him that other world when people are demonized when the demons have moved in their world is, I mean, you, you, they are, they are strong. You're not going to bind them. You're not going to tell them what to do. You can't restrain them. You can't tame them. They won't listen. They're not there mentally. Now, with this, I have been following what's been happening in the cities of the nation where you have these homeless people. These people are living in the land and the region of the Gerasenes. These are the regions of the Gerasenes right here in this country. This is the land where there are people. They don't have fetters, they don't have chains, but mentally their minds are bound, their minds are dark, they can't see. And they know it. And I'm going to prove to you they know it. 
night and day among the tombs and on the mountains. He was always shrieking and screaming and beating and bruising and cutting himself with stones in the cycle in the psychiatric wards in the with the uh, the law enforcement with the, with the agencies that they work with in the hospitals to help people you have these people that always cut themselves young children they they cut themselves they uh, are are mad I, I see people, I've seen people down in Denver, in Boulder, and they're walking around, they're screaming, there's no one around them, they're talking to themselves, they're shouting at cars as cars go by. This is the land of the Gerasenes. America has been, become that land. And when from a distance, and from a distance, he saw Jesus. Now this is kind of, the split and the realization in personalities. This man is totally demonized. He is not in his right mind, but from a distance he saw Jesus and ran and fell on his knees before him in homage. These people still know. They still have an understanding of their condition. They know their condition, but they have no way to be free from their condition. They're in bondage. But they know in their right mind and the deep in the soul, they still have the realization and they can still see things, especially spiritual things. He sees Jesus. It doesn't say he walked. It says he ran. I don't believe that he trotted. I don't believe it was a trot. I believe literally it was an all-out sprint. He ran, fell on his knees before him in homage because he knew the only one that could help him was this man that just got out of the boat this Christ and crying out with a loud voice he said what have you to do with me Jesus son of the most high God now this now switched from the man who's giving homage to a spirit that is inside the man who recognizes the deity of Christ and the power of Christ and what Christ has come to do he cries with a loud voice, he says, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? What is there in common between us? I solemnly implore you by God, do not begin to torment me. Now this was the spirit. This was not the man. The man fell on his knees in homage. But the spirit is the one who was crying out. What is there in common between us? There is no com there is nothing in common with Christ and the and the spirits of darkness and the demons. There is no common common uh, nothing common between them. 
I implore you by God, do not begin to torment me. In the world in which we live in today, in the occult world, in the world of the demons and the fallen angels, the occult world, the world of darkness, they realize that we are in the time of the coming, second coming of Christ. They are well, well aware of it. And they know that they don't have much time to do their evil. We're at the end of the world. I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm just telling you what I know. I can't convince you. I, there's no sense in me trying to convince you. I can't. I know the principles in the scripture. All I can do is present. It's the Holy Spirit that gives revelation. The revelation we receive concerning Christ comes from Him. It's not revelation from man. Maybe man that preaches to you, but it will be the Holy Spirit that brings revelation and opens your eyes and opens your heart. So I can present these things to you, and I don't expect it unless the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and reveals these things to you. I don't expect you'll understand or believe. But should Christ open your eyes, then you will know. I'll be right back. Rocky Mountain News Network, I'm Ted Werbin. Only days before baseball's all-star game, Denver TV station KMGH reports a potential <coughs> mass shooting at the Midsummer Classic may have been thwarted. Police sources are telling that station at least four suspects, three men and a woman, have been arrested and multiple weapons recovered from the Maven Hotel, only one block from Coors Field. It all happened Friday after a maid saw and took note of suspicious things in a room she was cleaning. Numerous long guns, body armor, and hundreds to thousands of ammunition rounds. Police say the situation there could have led to a Las Vegas-style mass killing. Two rooms were searched Friday after that maid's tip, and there was a major police presence at the hotel through Saturday. I'm Jim Williams. In Route County, the newest wildfire is fast moving. The Morgan Creek Fire started Friday afternoon southeast of Steamboat Lake. It burned almost 2,000 acres in a little more than 24 hours. The good news is today it isn't really burning toward communities, but is all in the forest area. The fire was said late Saturday to be burning toward Floyd Peak and the area that burned in last year's Middle Fork Fire. Some people living near Speedhouse Road are still under pre-evacuation warnings just in case. That fire is part of why much of Colorado was so hazy on Saturday. Route, Jackson, Grand, and Summit counties have all been under air quality advisories for smoke into this morning, but the bulk of the smoke was actually coming from fires out of state in California, Oregon, Idaho, and Washington. But it's a dry heat, they say. Colorado and lots of other western states still experiencing giant heat waves. On Friday, Grand Junction set an all-time record the highest temperature ever there on any date at 107. Lamar and Springfield both at 106. Pueblo and Cortez both hit 103. It was 102 in Burlington, 101 in Lyman and Greeley. And Denver matched its July 9th Hour record two, at 98 degrees. I'm Ted Werbin. Sunday, you protect yourself, your family, uh, and the environment when you safely dispose of your unused or expired medications. The Colorado Household Medication Take-Back Program is available to residents and visitors for the safe disposal of medications. Hour of for the list of pharmacies or police departments church, providing a drop box for safe disposal of your medications, 11th, visit takemedseriously.org. This, this message is sponsored by the Colorado Department Program. Public Health and Environment's Medication Take-Back Program. 
takemedseriously.org. American Financing is the lender you want on your side when it comes to buying a home. From custom home loans to competitive rates and everything in between, you can trust them to find you the best deal. They're local to Colorado, and they partner with some of the best real estate agents around. Call 303-695-7000. That's 303-695-7000. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. This is an ad for DeafProtection.com. The creation of the cell phone has been an incredible technological advancement with many conveniences, but at the same time has become the largest tracking device the world has ever seen and destroys any privacies you think you may have. At any one time, multiple government agencies can be listening to your cell phone calls and or intercepting your texts and emails. Because of this invasion of privacy, Defense Enabling Assistance Framework created Deaf Protection that keeps your personal and digital cell phone information protected. To learn more, visit them at DeafProtection.com. That's DeafProtection.com. Make sure your calls, texts, and emails are protected at all times during transmission. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And I would like to encourage everyone to make sure they are prepared financially as the Federal Reserve continues to destroy the value of the dollar. Since the closing of the gold window in 1971, the Federal Reserve has led the way in the explosion of debt and the devaluing of your money. They openly say that they need 2% inflation, which simply means they hope to devalue your money and they want to do this every single year, year after year. I know it's hard to understand, but the Federal Reserve believes in prosperity through debt and growth via the devaluation of your future. To learn more about how to protect yourself, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592 and protect yourself against the devaluing of your money.
these things I pray. Everything. Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the Lord also in Zechariah said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's day by day. It can only be day by day by day by day. God is good to His Word. God is good to His people. He has a kingdom that is eternal. And it is growing day by day. And the... I've been talking about the uh, other side of the sea in Mark chapter 5. And before I continue with that, welcome to the second hour of today's open uh, open forum. Welcome today today's second hour of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Radio Ministry. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, and the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. Uh, started June the second, twenty twenty one. I'm sorry, two thousand and one. Uh, my mind is, my mind is, I'm looking at the uh, Mark chapter 5 here. I'm kind of getting ready to continue with this here, so i got to get my mind back on what I'm talking about. Apologize. Welcome to two, Hour 2 again. And the podcasts are on khnc.com to the podcast section to the Olive Tree program for today and the previous podcasts. I do have an open forum program on Thursday from 11 to 1. Also a short segment on Saturday, Rick on Saturday from 12.30 to 1. I look at the world, world and I look at the prophecies in the Bible and I try to tie the two together like putting Legos together to build something. I say that uh, we are the generation that is going to close out the church age. We're going to close out this uh, dispensation of the Gentiles. We're that close to Christ's coming. The millennial kingdom is up the road about a decade, maybe a little sooner. We're not that far away from this hardships that God said, that Christ said would come upon the world. The hardships, the great turn in the spiritual world took place when Joe Biden was sworn in. And the heavens have been shaken. God, Christ said in Matthew, or, or, or Revel, in uh the Apostle Paul said in Hebrews chapter 12 at the very end of the chapter, there was a time when God shook the earth. But Paul said, but in these days, God says, I come not to shake the earth only, but the heavens also. The heavens are being shaken under the command of God. And the heavens meaning the dark spiritual forces, the powers, the fallen angels in the realm that they, have, that they rule 
from, those powers are being shaken. The, as those powers are being shaken, the nations of the world and their governments are being shaken. And the societies of the world are being shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But Paul said, so that what cannot be shaken will remain. And what is not going to be shaken is the faith of God's true, holy, and righteous people. What is not going to be shaken is the kingdom of heaven. As the world is shaken, the kingdom of heaven will actually grow. We are now in the time where the great harvest of the nations and the people in the nations, the time for them to come to Christ, that time is now. And they're going to be brought to Christ. Those that have been ordained to eternal life cannot fight any longer. They cannot resist. They've been ordained from eternity past, from the foundation of the world, they've been ordained to come to Christ. And it's time for them to come, and they will come. The Spirit of God is drenching the earth with His Holy Spirit one last time. Even though it appears as if the evil in the world is, is escalating, that's just what we see with our physical eyes. But in the reality, in the spiritual world, the kingdom of heaven is growing, is becoming more powerful. Within the churches of God internationally, all of the seven churches, there are those believers that are becoming more and more victorious day by day by day by day that are, they're, they are beginning to stand they are beginning to rise up. And <clears throat> yes, they may be active, uh, engaging in the world, but I promise you, more than ever, they are engaging in prayer. It is prayer that before Christ would go and do anything, He would slip away to pray. It was through prayer He was able to pick his disciples. It was through prayer he was able to have the strength to go through his agony, to go through that, that short period of time out of which that one seed would go into the ground and die and bring forth a hundredfold throughout the centuries, throughout the last 2,000 years. What can be shaken Christ said what can be shaken is going to be shaken. This is what the Apostle Paul said. That what cannot be shaken will stand and will remain. We're in the time now of the shaking. It is just beginning. It is time now where from the foundation of the world you have been written into the book of life. And from the foundation of the world, God knew the plan He had with each one of you. Children, young men, fathers, God knew from the foundation of the world you would be here at this time. It is no accident. It is not happenstance. It was ordained 
It was ordained by the perfect will and plan of Almighty God that you would be here today. And in God's sovereignty, I believe in, in God's sovereignty. As a prophet, I know the, prophet, the, the principles of the prophets. Israel will always exist. Israel will always have right to its land. Israel is the elect of God. God has a plan with Israel. No one is going to change that plan. Uh, you people uh, don't believe that there, uh, Israel exists. They don't believe that God could know the 12,000 of the 12 tribes of Israel in Revelation chapter 7. No, God is God. If He could give us through mankind, through fallen flesh, if He could bring the perfect Bible, the Word of God, excuse me, the Word of God to us perfectly without any imperfection, which He can and which He has done, then He can protect the elect that he has chosen from eternity past to once again become a nation and to live in Israel and be protected to go into the millennial kingdom to repopulate the nation of Israel in the millennial kingdom. God is sovereign. There is no accident. And it has been ordained that you would live in this time. And I'll tell you, it has been ordained that you would be, every one of you, if you will allow God, if you will pray, if you will ask Him for strength so that you can be what He has ordained you to be, you will be victorious. You will overcome. You will stand. The gates of hell will not shake you. No matter what comes in your life, you will be faithful to God. You'll be faithful to your calling and to what God has ordained for you. You have the blood of Jesus Christ. You have the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read something to you here concerning your sins. This is in Matthew chapter 9. Christ is always getting into the boat and out of the boat. So, in Mark 4, he was getting into the boat and he was speaking to the crowd. Then in verse 5, in chapter 5 of Mark, he goes to the other side of the sea and he gets out of the boat. Now here in Matthew chapter 9, getting into the boat, he crosses over, comes into his own city, and behold, some people thought, brought to him, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed, and when Jesus saw their faith, their faith, not the faith of the paralytic, sometimes you have to have the faith for other people around you. And you can bring people who are crippled, who have no way to come to Christ. Through your prayers, through your faithfulness, you have a way to petition God to bring these people to Him. He's laying in a bed. Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. Who in the world, who, name one other person in the history of the world that has ever stated 
your sins are forgiven. There is nobody. Buddha, Shiva, Muhammad, Allah, no one has ever said, your son, son, are forgiven. Only one person in the history of the world has ever made that statement. It was the Messiah of God. It was the Messiah of Israel, the Messiah of the body of Christ. Yeshua. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? What is easier? What is easier, to say your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise up and walk? Now he adds something else to it. He goes, okay, you want to mock me, I'll mock you. Which is easier to say, your sins be forgiven? Or to rise up and walk? So he adds something to it. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. No person has ever, ever in the history of the world has ever said, Thy sins are forgiven. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, go home. And the paralytic rose and went home. And when the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. It was ordained for everyone listening to this, that you would be faithful in your Christian lives, you would be faithful to God, you would grow, it was ordained that you should grow, it was ordained that you should bear fruit, it was ordained that you would be light, it was ordained that you would be salt, it was ordained that you would Find the exact coordinates where God would have and put you at this time in the world so that you can be effective in the, in, the, in the micro world that you travel in, the micro world that you are needed. You are needed in that world. You are vital to be there in that world. Not everyone has a macro world, but everyone has a micro world that you can be effective in. And if you're effective in that micro world, God will make that world bigger. If he desires. He may not desire. He'll place us in the book of Acts. It says that he places us in the body. Every one of us as it pleases him. Are you, is God pleased where you are in life? Where you are in the world and where you're living? 
If you are where God has ordained you to be, He is pleased and you will be pleased. God has positioned every one of us in the body as it pleases Him. It has been ordained from the eternity past that you would have a living, powerful touch with the Holy Spirit in your life. It was ordained that you would be sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit every day, not just once or twice a day, but all, in everything you do, that you would walk and be led by the Spirit in whatever you're doing. Where you're going to go to lunch. What you're going to have for lunch. What, you're, what, the, what He has ordained for you to do in the day. Some of you, you're working four hours a lunch, four hours. Some of you are working 12 hours a day. God knows your frame. He is sovereign. It is ordained, has been ordained in the scriptures that God knew you in the womb. He brought you out of the womb. He gave you the family you were to, to be with. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, there are a lot of, probably many of you, who were, probably received a lot of hardships because of your parents. You have to forgive them. That was then. This is now. God can forgive you your sins. You have to forgive other people. You have to be right with the Lord. It was ordained from eternity past that you be right with Him. And He has given you the grace. He's given you everything that you need to be holy. Everything. Everything that you need. When I was, many of you don't know, but at one time in Las Vegas, Nevada, I did have on a religious station there, Christian station, I had a, uh, that's where I began my ministry on, in radio. And uh, out of Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 12, Peter said, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. I'll talk about these things in a second. That you know them and be established in the present truth. And be established in the present truth. My program was called This Present Truth. 2,000 years ago, here's what Peter stated in chapter 1 of verse 2. Chapter in Second Peter, chapter one. Peter, a servant of an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained light, like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The knowledge. This is where it begins. The knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Not some things, all things. 
Everything has been given to you that pertains to life and godliness. You can be alive to God, you can be alive in the world, and you can be godly. Through the knowledge of Him. Second time. Through the knowledge of Him that has called you and called us to glory and virtue. This is what we've been called to. Glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding exceeding great and precious promises. Exceeding great. Well, kind of great. Uh, maybe uh, sort of great. No. Exceeding great and precious promises. Do you know the promises that God the exceeding promises that God has given to you. One promise is eternal life forever and ever. Eternal life. He's given you hope in a world that is dying. He's given you a purpose, an objective, a plan. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Not everything in the world, but the things that you don't even know are important to you, He will give you those desires. And then once He gives the desires to you, then you will realize, wow, I didn't know I really desired this, but I did. Great and precious promises, that by these great and precious promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. What? Yeah, you can be partaker of the divine nature of God because Jesus Christ is in you. The divine nature of God Almighty is in you through Jesus Christ. We're going to go to the bottom of the hour break, but we're going to stay on this. I didn't plan for this today, but I... Try to be led by the Holy Spirit because for some reason this is the direction the Lord wanted me to go. And so I just say amen. You might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You've been freed from lust. The power over lust the power over the things of the flesh. People that have been in Christ for a long time, they enjoy life because they are not under bondages a lot of, a lot of times. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Keith, and I'm the host of the program, The Pursuit of God on 1360 KHNC, and I invite you to join me Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock as we go on this great pursuit of God. All right, folks, Brian Kilmeade here. Thanks for listening to my show each weekday from 7 till 9 a.m. Have you heard how much KHNC, the Roar of the Rockies, has grown? Got a new lineup, big signal, and rapidly growing audience. So if you own a business and would like to reach a conservative, patriotic, northern Colorado audience in a very affordable way, contact my buddies, my friends at KHNC, 970-587-5003, or email them at ontheair at khnc.net. That's 970-587-5003. Tell them Brian Kilmeade sent you. 
Hi, I'm Samson with High and Mighty Construction, a local business here in northern Colorado. Been doing this for about four or five years. Do anything from remodels, renovations, drywall paint, interior, exterior, and the phone number is 970-584-9033. We do do great quality work, have plenty of references upon request. And once again, the phone number is 970-584-9033. This is Carter, bail agent at ASAP Bail Bonds. We now have a radio show. Tune in every Sunday at 2 to 3 to learn the truth about bail. Feel free to give us a call anytime for free bail information. 970-378-7878. We want you to know the truth about the rise in crime. Tune in every Sunday at 2. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont, or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. This is David Knight. It's great to be back weekday mornings at 9 a.m. on KHNC AM 1360, the roar of the Rockies. Join me as I analyze this next move, 9 a.m. every Monday through Friday.
When Jesus washed your sins away, no one in the history of mankind has ever stated, Son, thy sins be forgiven you. You know, I have a friend in Las Vegas, and in a fellowship one day he stated that we really don't know the power and the authority that we have been given by the Holy Spirit through the name of Jesus Christ. We really don't know because I have found verses in Isaiah chapter 25, verse 7. There is a covering that has gone out over the earth. It's the thought of death. And the thought of death keeps us deep in the back of our mind in a state of fear. There's a covering that has gone out, Isaiah says. And there's a veil that has gone out with that. Spiritually speaking, this covering and this veil is to keep God's children from knowing the deep, deep realities of what God's Word says about what God has done for us, what He has given us, what we have access to. And I, I think about this and I think, why didn't I understand this when I was young? And then I think about something today and I think, just a year ago, why didn't I get this? Well, the spiritual world is a deep world. It's not an easy world. It takes time. You know, life, life is an interesting thought. Some plants, like grass, they flower in one day, and the same day the flower is gone because of sun beats it up. And then you have the great cedar trees. They can be 100 years old, 200 years old, 300 years old. The redwoods, 1,800 years old, depending on the life. But the most, the, the most 
the life that takes the longest to mature, to grow, is the Christian life. It takes a lifetime. You can get much knowledge of who God is, but the spiritual walk, it's an experience every day, lesson upon lesson upon lesson. And eventually, we start to grasp. I have read scriptures in the past, and I reread them at a later date, and they have a whole new meaning, a much deeper meaning, a deeper thought. God takes us to these atmospheres, down, 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 deep, 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 into the things of God, to different atmospheres. The atmospheres you were at when you were young, they weren't as deep as they are when you're old. Deep calleth unto deep. The deep things of God are in our spirit, and our mind has to catch up. Our mind has to, we have to mature before God can reveal things to us in a natural way. And He reveals these things so that we employ them, that we put them to work. The Holy Spirit. We have an anointing. We have an unction according to the first epistle of John. An anointing. And we, it takes a long time maybe to really realize that the Holy Spirit is moving on you, directing you, speaking to you, and then, then little by little you think, wait a second, wait a second. The Lord has been speaking something to me and I'm finally starting to get it. We have a thought about, for instance, I finished my time in Las Vegas on the radio in 2008. And I thought, well, okay, the beginning of, of December. I thought, well, okay, I guess that's it. Uh, my radio career is over. It's done. And then 2015, 2016, then one day I'm out with Cactus, we're driving, and I had a thought, and I'd been thinking about something, and I had a thought. Wait a minute. Maybe... I said, I just said, Lord, do I need to go back on the radio? And I just felt I had a conversation with the, the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said, well, look what I did back then. I was training you. That was for you. That was for me. I wanted to hear what you had to say. Yes, it was for the audience, but ma mainly it was for you. I wanted to train you. I wanted to hear what you had to say. And I thought, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that maybe I should consider radio in the future? And from that point forward, I began to pray. And then eventually, one day, I'm taking a prayer drive out with Cactus. We're heading up to Cheyenne. I get right by the Johnstown exit, and the Holy Spirit tells me, go in and find out what they charge for programming, what they charge an hour. And it just happened to be an opportune time. Jason was at the desk. We had a little visit. 
I told him the type of programming, uh, programming I used to do in Las Vegas, and he gave me a shot at the open forum on Thursday. And that was, gee, I, can't, I don't remember how long I've been doing that now. But just God arranged things. And then another day I'm taking to Cactus and I are out taking a prayer drive. I'm on the way to Cheyenne, drive by the Johnstown station. The Lord said, go in and see uh, Eric Cedarstrom. He's going to be flying back to Arizona. Go in and see him. He's going to be on the road program from 3 to 4. Get in there right away and ask him about buying airtime, dead time on Sunday. Because at that time there was very little weekend programming, a host as far as live. So I said, all right, following the anointing, following the moving of the Holy Spirit, walking by faith, taking a chance, stepping out. That's the way it's got to be. That's God's way. That was His way. It's an ancient path. He's always done it that way with His people, stepping out, sensing something, act, acting on it. And then if it's not God, just ask Him to close the doors. If it is Him, something will become of it. I come in, talk to Eric, and Jason and Eric basically opened the door and I started the Sunday program. The anointing. I have a sense maybe I should be back on the air. And God opens the doors. Not just to the open forum on Thursday, but to the program. Then I'm thinking months ago, Lord Jesus. And I don't know if it's so much my thinking as it was God. I felt like the Lord was saying, you need more. I'm thinking, well, two hours, that's pretty tough. But I feel like the Lord is saying, you need more time. You need more time. But I don't know what I would do. Three hours, Lord Jesus, I mean, that could be tough. You need more time. So I began to discuss with my wife and my children. We pray. Well, if the Lord, this is the Lord's will, then something will happen. And before we know it, I have a talk with with Eric Cedarstrom. Oh, Joe, I'm sorry, Eric, Eric, not Eric, with Joe Jaquin, and we work it out. Now today I begin a three-hour program, and I realize that. This kind of could be a little disturbing. But I realized, Lord, okay, an extra hour. Well, I don't want to just talk to talk. And I felt like the Lord was saying, things are speeding up. And you need to take your messages and you need to present the insights that I've given you to my people. They need to know. Time is short. Hard times are coming. They need my scripture. They need to know what I'm thinking. They have to understand the world that we're going into. Present to them. They have to get serious. They have to be, they have to make a decision. They have to take their roots deeper. They have to go to deeper atmospheres in spiritual understanding 
and knowledge of my plan, my eternal plan. And they have to go deeper in the realization that things in this world are not going to get better. We have peaked as far as a society. This society will never, ever be what it was. We were a cup, a golden cup in the hand of the Lord. But now the cup is full of wickedness. The world is changing. My people need to know that. I want them awake. From the foundation of the world, I ordained these people to be alive at this time. From the foundation of the world, I ordained that many of these people will come and be the great army that my scripture says there's going to be at the end of the world. There's going to be an army of spiritual believers, of faithful Christians, of righteous, holy prophets, some apostles, and a godly church, in spite of all the dysfunctional problems within all the churches internationally, there will be this group that will be faithful to me, ordained to be faithful, ordained to be loyal, ordained to be the great army that I stated in my scripture there would be at the end of the world. A great army, an army that is going to shake the valleys of the world, is going to shake the kingdoms of the world. The powers in the heavens are going to be shaken through this army. This army is going to bruise his head. We have great plan that God has for the churches, for the faithful believers in the churches. A great, magnificent, mighty plan. The fear of the future is going to be not even a consideration to this group. They're not even going to consider hardships because the Spirit of God is going to be upon them so mightily what is there to fear? When they are in the boldness, when you're in the boldness of the Spirit of God Almighty, you're, you fear nothing. And this friend in Las Vegas, we fellowship, he's deep. He's been, he's been to the atmosphere just like I have. Deep, deep, deep into the deep things of God. Both of us. And he's telling me, that we don't even know. Brother, we don't even know how powerful, how mighty our God is. We don't, we don't get it. I said, I realize that, Alex. He says, no, brother, you don't, you don't get it. He says, I don't get it. He says, my gosh, the power, the authority that God has given us. Oh, my gosh. He's, from a, he's, from a, he's Italian. I'm going to have him as a guest on the program. And I was going to say before I forget, possibly, I believe, next Sunday, I will have a guest on. And I'm, I have to give him a call, make sure that we have good connections as far as the phone lines. 
about evangelist Ron Perry. Uh, known him for 15 years. We, he's a Pentecostal. We, my wife and I were able to travel with he and his wife for about a year on their circuit. Fantastic. Fantastic. When you have godly men ordained of God to do specific things. It's unbelievable. But anyhow, you have been ordained to great and mighty things in Christ Jesus. But what those things are, I can present things to you, but it is your responsibility to know what, why have you been apprehended? You were apprehended, but for what purpose? That understanding comes through prayer. You have to pray. You have to ask the Lord. You have to ask Him to move you step by step that He would have His hands on your feet and He would step you exactly at His speed in the direction He wants you to go perfectly into your calling, into what you have been ordained to do. Sisters, brothers, old, young, young children, young men, young men, you're to be strong in the Word. Young children, you are to know God from your youth. Old man, you have known Him from the beginning. It is not just the young men and young women. No. There's a thought in this land that now we're, we, the older people, are turning the baton over to the younger people. Absolutely not. I'm not turning my baton over to anybody. I'm not passing my baton on to anyone. There's no way. John, in the epistles, addressed the children, the young men, and the fathers. He addressed them as a family to work together for the plan and purpose of God. There is Morris Murillo. He stated one time, the older brothers and sisters are needed by the younger brothers and sisters because they don't have wisdom. They need us because of our wisdom. But we need them because of their energy. And with the little children, the two are to take care and watch over the children. Because God has a plan with these children too. These children, the Lord said, do not forbid them to come to me because he's got a plan with them. And these little kids, I promise you, they know the Lord and you watch what they're going to do. They're going to bring judgments on these pedophiles, judgments on these people that would, would try to molest them and defile them. These little kids, when they get the Holy Spirit, they're going to bring judgments on these wicked, evil, satanic adults that defile them. It's not a light thing with God. It's not light. We cannot trust in the laws and the courts of man. We can't. Because the laws and the courts of man are corrupt. 
We have to trust on the courts of heaven. We have to trust in the, the judge of heaven, the prosecuting attorney of heaven. The book of Revelation is a story about a judge, a prosecuting attorney, Jesus Christ, who's coming to prosecute evil in the world, and a defense attorney, Jesus Christ, who's coming to defend his people from the wicked. And there's a court scene, and we're part of that court scene. And Christ is calling us to be the defendants, to bring the accusations against an evil world. And we're to bring those accusations and ask the judge to bring justice. It's in the book of Revelation. Everything is there. 90% of the book of Revelation is for us right today. And the children of the devil, they know it. They hate it. Deep in the back of their mind, they have a great fear. Because this great, mighty army, this end time plan, hidden plan, and group that God has been hiding, waiting for the right time, they're there. God is working with them. God is training them. God is preparing them. Well, when are they coming? When are we going to see them? On the first day of the tribulation, they will stand and begin to prophesy, and they will begin to punish through their judgments this evil, wicked society. I mean America and in the other nations too. Who's going to do that? These children of God that know their God. That's us. Have hope. Be full of hope. I started in Peter. I started actually started in Mark chapter 4, got through it. I'm through verse 10 of Mark chapter 5. Now I jumped over to Peter. This present truth, I've just been explaining to you this present truth. This is a present truth. Everything I have just stated to you is going to come to pass. As I've stated it to you, it's going to come to pass. God's Spirit cannot be contained. God is going to blow upon His garden and the fragrances of all the spices in His garden is going to begin. The aroma of these godly people is going to begin to fill the areas in which they live. The people around them will, will know that fragrance. They'll know it's only God. I want to just go back to Peter. He said, Unto us are given great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. These are the things that we are to do. We are to engage to do what Peter is saying here. Okay, we're going to go to a short break here. I'll be back after the top of the hour, and we will continue. Hang on. Kids, when making those cool motorcycle sounds when riding your bikes, don't use your baseball or even your Pokemon cards because they may be worth money someday. Instead, use that embarrassing baby picture that your mom took of you in that ridiculous outfit. 
But when she finds out, you didn't hear that from us. Another friendly reminder from 1360 KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. Always wear your helmet. You're listening to the roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Rocky Mountain News Network, I'm Ted Werbin. Just days before the All-Star Game, Denver TV station KMGH reports a potential mass shooting may have been thwarted. The men arrested in this case have been identified by Denver police as Richard Platt, Gabriel Rodriguez, and Ricardo Rodriguez, all of whom have been charged with possession of a weapon by a previous offender. The woman suspect is Canilla Hua Sarakawa, busted for possession of a controlled substance with intent to distribute. The TV station's investigative report says police credit an observant housekeeper for averting a mass tragedy Friday after she spotted 16 long guns, body armor, and more than 1,000 rounds of ammunition in one of the hotel's rooms and reported it all to management who called in officers. The room's eighth floor balcony reportedly overlooked the main entrance to Coors Field. Police are checking out a Facebook post from one of the suspects saying he'd recently been divorced and in his words wanted to go out in a big way. I'm Jim Williams. Suburban Denver's Bigelow family will have to wait at least three more months before the man accused of attacking them three years ago goes on trial. The judge in Jeremy Webster's murder case declared a mistrial on Friday just before the jury was to be seated. A medical emergency would prevent a critical witness from traveling to testify. Webster's accused of shooting and killing 13-year-old Vaughn Bigelow Jr. in June of 2018. He was with his mom and two brothers when Webster got a case of road rage, caught up with the family outside their dentist's office and opened fire. While Vaughn Jr. died, his mom and one of his brothers have recovered from their injuries. There's not going to be a Seven Peaks Country Music Festival in Buena Vista over the Labor Day weekend. That word came Friday after promoter Live Nation had sold at least a thousand more tickets to the event than crowd limits from the pandemic allow. Are you me? You know we have a 5,000 person event capacity and you've already sold more tickets than that? Yes. What the hell, Jim? I'm Ted Werbin. Imagine waking up to enjoy breakfast in the stunning Grand Lodge before heading out to Arapahoe Springs Water Park, where you and the family can splash in pools, zip down water slides, float through the lazy river, and escape to a private cabana. Then unwind with a poolside drink before heading inside to relax, wake up, and do it all over again. Enjoy your summer of more at Gaylord Rockies Resort. Visit GaylordRockies.com to book today. You protect yourself, your family, and the environment when you safely dispose of your unused or expired medications. The Colorado Household Medication Take-Back Program is available to residents and visitors for the safe disposal of medications. For the list of pharmacies or police departments providing a drop box for safe disposal of your medications, visit TakeMedSeriously.org. This message is sponsored by the Colorado Department Public Health and Environment's Medication Take-Back Program. TakeMedSeriously.org. This is an ad for DeafProtection.com. The creation of the cell phone has been an incredible technological advancement with many conveniences, but at the same time has become the largest tracking device the world has ever seen and destroys any privacies you think you may have. At any one time, multiple government agencies can be listening to your cell phone calls and or intercepting your texts and emails. 
Because of this invasion of privacy, Defense Enabling Assistance Framework created deaf protection that keeps your personal and digital cell phone information protected. To learn more, visit them at DeafProtection.com. That's DeafProtection.com. Make sure your calls, texts, and emails are protected at all times during transmission. In 1964, a 10-cent dime bought you 10 cents worth of stuff. Today, we sell this silver dime for well over $2. This silver dime will buy you the same amount as it did in 1964, and it will buy you the same amount in 2030, 2040, and well beyond. Call 800-951-0592. The Patriot Trading Group, your gold and silver experts. 800-951-0592. Do you need your fireplace clean? Not sure if your fireplace is working right or not sure if the fireplace is efficient? Call Abundant Flame at 970-966-0217 to schedule your appointment. We service all brands of gas fireplaces, freestanding and built-ins, pellet stoves, wood fireplaces, and electric fireplaces. Visit us at Abundant-Flame or call 970-966-0217. This is the song of who you are. You are going to shake the valleys. You're going to start off soft and low, and then you're going to shake the valleys. I'm telling you the truth. This prophet says, many of you in this audience, I'm going to say all of you, you're going to shake the valleys in the time to come. God has a great plan with all of us. He ordained us to overcome. 
You ordained us to bring terror and fear upon this world, upon the ungodly people and the agencies of this world, and we're going to do it. It has to happen. The Bible says it's going to happen. It will happen. Welcome to the third hour, Olive Tree and Lampstand Radio Ministry Church. There's Radio Church. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. I didn't think I was kind of hesitant to do three hours, but hey, not a problem. Not a problem. God gave me one verse. Open your mouth and I will fill it. Open your mouth and I will fill it. Filling it with His Word. With insight into who He is. The only man who ever said, Your sins are forgiven. Only one man ever said, Your sins, Thy sins be forgiven thee. And all of your sins have been forgiven. Muhammad never stated your sins will be forgiven. The Muslim people, they're in sin. They know it. They have no way to get out of sin. The Buddhists, they try to work their way to heaven by being good, pious. Can't. Their sins remain with them. All of the cult religions, the sins remain with them. But Jesus Christ said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. No one ever spoke like that except in the Gospels talking about Israel's Messiah, the King of the Jews. This King of the Jews is trying to get the attention of the Jewish people internationally. And I promise you, he's going to get their attention. Because they're going to need his help here shortly. They don't know who he is. They don't know their Messiah has come the first time. They have heard that he's coming eventually to restore the kingdom to Israel. But they have no clue that we're in that time. But they're going to begin to wake up. God is going to begin to awaken them. It's just a matter of when. Or, or it's a matter of now, and then with each of them, God knows how the, He will visit with each of them individually. I'm going to finish with Peter. I've been talking about Peter. Chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Peter talks about, Be established in the present truth. Be established in the present truth. This truth was 2,000 years ago. But now, this truth is for today also. He says, verse 7, To godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. 
For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore I will not put you, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Be established in the present truth. And when I began the ministry in Nevada, this was the name of my program, This Present Truth. And I would present what was happening in the world as the present truth at that time. The present truth of our day is different than it was in 2005, 6, 7, and 8. But the prophetic scripture has not changed. The prophetic scripture has stayed constant. For those that were listening earlier, I was going over Mark, Mark chapter 5 in the sea in the region of the Gerasenes. The Christ had gone to meet with the man who lived in the tombs, who lived in darkness, in despair, in torment, in depression, all of the negative things of the soul. This man lived in that world. And when Christ was at a distance, this man runs and he falls on his knees before Christ in homage. And he's crying out with a loud voice and he says, Why, what, what do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? So firstly, this man knows who Christ is and he falls and comes, falls before him in homage. But when he starts speaking, it's not the man, it's the demons within him. And the demon is saying, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? What is there in common between us? Nothing. I solemnly implore you by God, do not begin to torment me. The man wasn't asking, the man was not, the, the request was the spirit asking Christ, do not torment me. For Jesus was commanding, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? And the man replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he kept begging him urgently, This spirit is who is asking. The Spirit keeps begging him urgently not to send them, so there was more than one, not to send them, himself and the other demons, away out of the region. Now there was a great herd of hogs grazing on the hillside, and the demons, now they're all speaking, and the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the hogs, that we may go into them. So, he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out of the man and entered into the hogs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, they rushed headlong down the steep slope into the sea and were drowned in the sea. So here, the beginning of Christ's ministry, he forgives a man his sins in chapter 4 of Mark. And he, he's a paralytic, a paralytic 
and he picks up his bed and he goes home. Now in chapter 5, Christ goes across the sea to the other side, the side that most Christians don't want to go to, the side of the demons. He goes to the other side, and here he meets Legion, and he casts these spirits out of Legion, 2,000 of them, says that the hog feeders ran away and told it to, in the town and in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had taken place. They came to Jesus, looked intently and searchingly, searchingly at the man who had been a demoniac, sitting there clothed in his right mind. This is the one thing about people that have demons. They are not in their right mind. In the first hour, I talked about the homeless in all these cities throughout the country now, in California along the beaches, in San Francisco, in Portland, in Seattle, in Denver, in all the city, big cities of the nation. These people who are not in their right mind. We're not dealing with just drug problems. We're not dealing with people that are just unemployed. It's much deeper than that. This is a spiritual, a big spiritual problem. We're talking about thousands and thousands of people that are not in their right mind. This is what Christ says. Because they have been demonized. You could throw money. You can take all these help agencies to assist them and help them. But it's not, it's, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, you're wasting your energy. These people, it's a different problem. They are truly the cities of the garrisons in the United States of America. You don't have to go across the sea. All you got to do is go into different cities in this nation and you see the place where these areas, that I call them the areas of the garrisons, where there are people that are not in their right mind. He had been a demoniac. He was sitting there, clothed in his right mind. This is the same man who had had the legion of demons. Some say he had at least a hundred. Some say he had probably a couple of thousand. And they were seized with alarm and struck with fear. This man, they knew who he was. They knew he lived in the tombs. They knew he was tormented. They knew he didn't have his right mind about him. They were afraid of him. He was very powerful. They couldn't chain him. It took many men to t hold him down, to put handcuffs on him and ankle bracelets, and he would tear them off. Those who had seen it, they related it in full what had happened to the man possessed by demons and to the hogs. And when they had stepped into the boat, the man who had been controlled by the unclean spirits kept begging him, begging Christ, that he might be with him. But Jesus refused to permit him, but said to him, Go home to your own family and relatives and friends and bring word to them of how much the Lord has done for you. 
and how he has had sympathy, and compassion, and mercy for you. And he's had mercy on you. And Legion departed and began to publicly proclaim in Decapolis, in the region of the ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were astonished and marveled. So this is right out of the early in his ministry. Christ forgives a man his sins. He heals him, tells him to go home. He's a paralytic. Now he goes across the sea to a world where nobody wanted to go to, especially to the tombs. But that's where he goes. And as he's getting out of the boat, Legion sees him at a distance and runs to meet Christ. And he falls at Christ's feet and pays homage to him. In his right mind, deep in his spirit, Legion knew who Christ was. He knew this is the man that can deliver me from my bondage. This is the man that can free me from all these demons that live inside of me. And the demons, they're in trembling. They're in fear. They're wanting to know, uh-oh, why are you here? Have you come to torment us? In one translation, in another action, another of the Gospels, he's, they say, have you come to torment us before our time? There will be a time when Christ will come at the end of the world, when it's time for judgment. He will come and he will torment them. But that wasn't the case there with Legion. No, that wasn't the time. He did not, Christ did not come to torment the spirits at that time before. There will be a time coming. So these are the accounts out of Mar Mark chapter 4 and Mark chapter 5. This is how the Lord began His ministry and how this fits into the time in which we live. Deep calleth unto deep. There will come a time where as the hardships come, there will come a time when we really because of the stress and the distress, we really won't know what to pray. Well, David, King David in the Psalms, he gives us the answer. And King David in the Psalms, he was always calling on the name of the Lord. In all of his distresses, he would call on the Lord. Sometimes that's all we can do. We don't know what to pray. We just have to call on the Lord. O Lord Jesus, O Yeshua, O Adonai, all we can do is call on Him. In Psalm 38, 15, For you, for in you, O Lord, do I hope. You will hear, O Lord, my God. And this was Yahweh, and today it would be, in you, Lord Jesus, do I hope you will hear, Lord Jesus, my God. Christ is your God. Jesus is your God. He is God. One of the members of the Godhead. There's not three, there's only one. Forsake me not, O Lord. 
Oh my God, be not far from me. Forsake me not, O Yeshua. O my Lord, my God. In the days to come, we will call on the name of the Lord. And in His name, His name will be like a fortress, like a strong tower, like a high tower to get us away above the situations that, that are coming at us. He'll be a strong fortress. He'll be a shelter in which we run. We'll run into His name, into the name of the Lord. O Lord Jesus, O Lord Yeshua, O Adonai, O Jesus, Jesus Christo. Deep calleth unto deep. I have talked in the past about the great mystery that is being revealed in our time. And it began to be revealed 2,000 years ago. And that great mystery was at one time God worked with the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, and he told them that they were his witnesses. Israel would always be a witness to God. They would be one of his witnesses. After Christ had come and he had raised from the dead and he breathed upon the disciples in the evening, they were born again. Then they would go to they would be assembled at the time of Pentecost and the Spirit would fall upon them, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then, at a little bit later date in the book of Acts, he says, you are my witnesses. He's talking to the Jewish people who are now born again. You are my witnesses. Then, the Apostle Paul, he begins to fulfill the other portion of the eternal plan of God and that is to bring the Gentile people to Messiah that they would also become part of the born again family. The born again family could not just be Jewish people. It had to be Gentile people also. A people that was not my people has become my people. Christ said in the Gospels, there is another flock, meaning the Gentiles. He was with the disciples, the Jewish people, and they assumed that they were the only part of the flock that Christ had come for. But Christ made it clear to them that, no, He had also come because there was another people, another flock that He had to tend to. You see, with God, there is no respecter of men. He created mankind for himself to come to him. And so, in his plan, he had to make a way so that salvation would reach the Gentiles as well as the Jewish people. Now, in the churches of God internationally, you have the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that are now born again. You have the Gentile, the people from the nations, from all the nations, 
from whatever continent, from every nation, from every language, from every tribe, they also have been brought into this eternal plan. So now God has two peoples, Jew and Gentile. And both, in the book of Ephesians, both are now one in Messiah. This is a mystery. It's a mystery that is still, to this point, not quite understood. In the churches, there are some who say that the Old Testament is irrelevant, is no longer uh, relevant. It's only the New Testament. That is not true. The Old Testament is just as relevant as the New Testament is today because both contain the plan of God. Both explain the plan of God. They convey God's eternal plan. Israel still has natural Israel that is not born again. There is still a plan for natural Israel. There is a plan for Jew and Gentile. The plan with the Jew and Gentile is only a 2,000 year plan. It's only from the time of the night of resurrection to the time when Christ returns and the first resurrection takes place. The church age will be finished. During the church age, there will be Jew and Gentile in Messiah, born again. One, according to the writings of Paul, there's no difference between them. They each have a different a, a function a different assignment. The assignment is like the Apostle Paul. He had to preach to the Jew and to the Gentile. Peter had to preach to, the, to assist the Gentile as well as the Jew. So it does jump the fence. But for the most part, in the time that we live in, the Jewish people in Israel, they will not listen to a Gentile. They will listen to a fellow Jew. There is where we get the difference, the fence. We, in the Gentile churches, we are bringing a jealousy to the Jewish people. But it will be the Jewish people that they will listen to for the most part. We'll be back. This is Carter, host of Bail Talk. Tune in every Sunday from 2 to 3 to hear about crime and bail. 2 to 3 every Sunday. Don't miss it. A new initiative known as the Pause Act, written by radical left-wing extremists, is gaining traction to be put on your Colorado ballot. Initiative 16 is cleverly worded to manipulate urban voters unfamiliar with ranching into believing that they are banning sexual acts against animals, when in reality, the initiative is intended explicitly to destroy Colorado agriculture and ranching by making basic health care procedures illegal and other ranching practices unfeasible. Visit stoppause.org to learn more. Stoppause.org. No people will tamely surrender their liberties, nor can any be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. 
On the contrary, when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Samuel Adams. Hey man, pass the battle over and take a couple of hits off the My Kind CBD. Get your CBD by going to 1360KHNC.com and click on the shopping button, man. Silly Jamaican, there's no THC in this product. It's certified THC-free. Just go to the website, 1360KHNC.com, click the shop. Hi folks, the Rev here. The Hunting and Sportsman's Gun Show is Northern Colorado's premier event in 2021. These shows feature dozens of vendors that guarantee the best selection of guns and ammo in Northern Colorado. From the Loveland Outlet Malls to Island Grove Park in Greeley. For show dates, locations, or table reservations, visit PEShows.com. That's PEShows.com. While you're out, visit Harsh Outdoors at 600 Oak Avenue in Eaton. They carry a full line of ATVs, UTVs, mowers, trimmers, sprayers, and chainsaws from Husqvarna, DR, Generac, and EasyGo. Whether you have half an acre or a thousand, they carry the equipment you need. They also have a full-line gun store with lots of firearms, ammo, safes, and accessories. Check out HarshOutdoors.com. That's HarshOutdoors.com. Backyard or back 40, Harsh Outdoors has you covered. Hey there, guys. How long have you been waiting for good, conservative quality radio? Well, you finally reached your destination at 1360 KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. Oh, a happy day. Oh, a happy day. Oh, a happy day. When Jesus walked, oh, when he walked, when Jesus walked, he washed my sins away, Lord. Okay, we're continuing. The reason this is important is because there is confusion in the churches today concerning Israel's part in the eternal plan of God for our time. Israel as a nation is going to go into the millennial kingdom. The Jewish people, there is a, with many of the websites that I read, they do not feel that uh, Israel exists. They don't feel that uh, there is a way to know which of the people in the world are actually Jew. Many feel that uh, the plan that God had with Israel is over and the plan is now with the churches. The term is that Israel has been replaced by the church. That is not true. Israel has a plan, is the elect of God. This is Romans chapter 11. I have it here. I don't know if I'll have time to read it. For the elect's sake, Israel has to exist. Because the prophecies that were given to Israel are prophecies that do not include their Messiah. They do not include their eyes being open to their Messiah 2,000 years ago or even toward the end of the world. 
the fact that they are a nation today is Bible prophecy. They were to become a nation once again. They are. 1948, May the 15th. They exist in Israel as a nation. They do commerce with the surrounding nations. To say that they don't exist, uh, I don't know. You've got to be blind. They have not replaced, the, church, the churches of God have not replaced Israel. We have a separate purpose with God. Israel is in blindness according to the scriptures. And Paul stated that they're in blindness to this day. God has put a blindness over them, the Jewish people. And that blindness will remain until the end of the church age. But in the church age, starting again from the night of the resurrection to the present, to the time that the second or to the first resurrection, which is coming, there will be this period of time known as the time of the Gentiles. And in this time, in this 2,000 year period of time, there will be a plan that God has with the Jewish people that will meet Messiah and the Gentile people that will meet Messiah. The two of these two peoples will become one because they have a unique plan, planned by God for them as two peoples, one adopted and one natural born. There is a plan for the two of them. Paul tried to make it clear that it's the same spirit, the same baptism. There is no division between them. The promises, all the promises of God were given to both the natural born and the adopted children of God. All the promises are given to both. They both have access to God through the Holy Spirit. They both have their sins are forgiven. They have both received atonement. There is reconciliation with them as sinners and God as corporate people. There is glory, a time of glory, great glory in each of their futures. There is sanctification to both. The sanctification is identical to both. There is uh, all the promises. Both have access to these promises. Each has, you might say, to some degree, maybe a little bit different purpose. Before we went to the break, I was talking about Jewish people. They, don't, they won't listen to Gentile people, especially if you're a very devout Jew. And they will listen to their own people, barely, but God is going to take many Jewish believers that have met Messiah. They're already in Israel. Many are. 
ministering and preaching the gospel of Messiah to the Jewish people. They are being persecuted. It's a tough, that's a tough job over there because the religious spirits from thousands of years ago are there to persecute. Just like they were able to kill Christ, they will persecute these Jewish Christians over there. And in this country, with the Gentile people, we have been sent to the nations because the population of the Jewish people, I don't think there's 50, 50 million Jewish people worldwide. I, I don't remember the number. But you contrast that with almost 7 billion people. It's quite a difference. The Jew and the Gentile, we both have a responsibility. We just have to understand what that responsibility is. So, in the book of Revelation, chapter 11, God, there is a mystery. And God intends that this mystery will be explained in the time in which we live. There are these two witnesses. The two witnesses are not two individual people. They are not two very powerful, influential uh, people from Israel or Gentiles. No, they are two corporate peoples. The two corporate peoples that are talked about in the book of Acts. Firstly, the Jewish people are born again. Then Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius and his family are saved, are baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Then the Apostle Paul begins to go to the Gentiles. There are two corporate people. There have been two corporate people for 2,000 years. Many of the religious writers over the last couple of hundred years when they talk about these two witnesses because they don't realize the greater plan that God had with the Jew and the Gentile in Messiah, in the body of Christ, they don't see the great uh, <clears throat> corporate group of Jewish people. They don't see the great corporate group of Gentile people. And it takes a corporate group of people to cover every square inch of the world. You can't do that with even two very powerful gifted people being able to use the airwaves, television, radio, podcast to reach every square inch of the world. No. Even with the modern technology, they're not going to do that. The only way that every square mile of the world could be covered with the gospel is through two corporate people, Jewish and Gentile. You have, in Asia, all through Asia, you have born-again people that are preaching the gospel, that are praying, that are involved in their society. In Africa, in South America, Central America, United States, Canada, Russia, Eastern Europe, Central Europe, Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand, there's only one way in which God intended to reach all the people of the world, not through two individual people, but through two corporate people. 
in which the Holy Spirit dwells. This is the mystery of the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. So, when you hear the old time religious thought of two individual very powerful gifted Jewish people, no, absolutely not. It has to be two corporate people. Why? Who's going to be raised on the day of resurrection? To the two prophets only? No. God invested himself into every person that is born again, Jew and Gentile. This is an investment of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We are the ones who are to carry Christ to the micro world in which we travel or the macro world in which we're allowed to travel. We are the epistles, not, not in stone, but in a, in, a, in a tender heart. We are the epistle. We are his epistles. We are the ones who carry the good news to our families, to our neighbors, to our friends, to the world in which God puts us. No, these two witnesses in Revelation chapter 12, they are two corporate people. Corporate, mighty, victorious. An example, you look at Revelation chapter 1 and chapter 2 and 3. Is God talking about two individual people when he talks about all these seven churches? No way. He's talking about these old and ancient churches that would come through the, the last 2,000 years, each one having a specific region, each one having its own personality, each one having its strengths and weaknesses, each church having an angel that is assigned to take care of that church like seven brothers one of the churches is always going to be in the world you're going to have churches that are suffering always suffering always being persecuted you're going to be uh, in the churches you're going to have a group that is always going to be like the early church fathers deep 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 into the scriptures into the understanding of church uh, doctrine. And I don't mean just Catholicism and the, uh, the uh, Orthodox churches, which are deep in theology, in their own liturgy, liturgy. Then you have the oldest, really the oldest uh, big church, the Greek churches in sequence, you got the persecuted church, A.D. 100 plus, 200. Out of it comes the Greek churches who are powerful, Greek, all through Greece. And then out of the Greek churches, then there's, there's very similar, but out come, that's the church of Pergamos. The Greek churches are Pergamos. You read Pergamos, you're reading about the Greek Orthodox churches, which would be included now, the Russian Orthodox Eastern Orthodox, the out in Asia, 
Then you have the big brother of the seven churches. The Orthodox churches are not the big brother. They're the older brother, an older brother, but they're not the great big, the big brother, the big brother of all the seven churches of the Catholic churches. They have the most uh, members. They're on all the continents, established, been established for over a thousand years, more than that. 1,500 roughly. They're the big brother. Then you have the Lutheran churches, Sardis. They're a little bit more, the, the, the Sardis churches, the Lutheran churches, their doctrine, they brought in a different type of doctrine. You're not saved by your works like the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is a church of works. Sardis is a church where you are justified by faith. So the church is in Sardis. Not as big as the Catholics, not as old as the Catholics. They're newer, 1500. Catholic Church, 500 AD, 400 AD, right in that vicinity. Before that, again, you had the Greek Orthodox, or the, the Greek Orthodox churches. This is just some history to give you an idea. The two witnesses are not two individual people. I don't care how gifted they are, how powerful they are, what kind of ministry they have. No, they could never have a ministry like, you look at the Evangelical Churches of America. Look at the power of the Evangelical Churches slash Pentecostal slash Charismatic. Look at the power of the Messianic Churches in America. You couldn't have two individual people doing what these, these churches just in America would do. So no, we got to get it out of our thinking. The two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11 are the corporate body of Christ, Jewish and Gentile. The two olive trees is from the points the oil would come and the two lampstands the oil would be put on the lampstands to shine. You can't have one without the other. The lampstand without the oil is, is useless. The oil without the lampstand is useless. God made it so that both would have to depend on one another. The Jewish people that are born again, they have, to, they have a work with the Gentile believers. The Gentile believers have a work with their Jewish believers. Paul emphasized in Ephesians, both are one. We have, we drink of the same spirit. We've been baptized into the same baptism. And Paul emphasized this. And still, in this time in which we are in, the churches have not understood this because it's a mystery. And it was to be revealed at the end of the world. And now it's being revealed because it had to be protected from the eyes of the wicked. The children of the devil, if they had known who Christ was, if they had known what he was going to do, what he was going to accomplish, what his plan was, they would not have crucified him. God had to hide it from them. 
Otherwise, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They need, he needed to be crucified. He told them he would be crucified. It was necess necessary, a necessity for him to be crucified. And if he had revealed to them who he was ahead of time, they wouldn't have done it. It's just like these two witnesses at the time that we live in. It's a mystery that has been hidden and revealed for our time. Because God has a plan for these two great peoples, these two great corporate peoples, Jew, corporate Jews, the, the Jewish community that are born again, and the Gentile community born again, one in Messiah. We'll be right back. Reasons to Own Gold, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank, which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800 951 -0592. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners, family owned and operated since 1970. We use the latest non-toxic green cleaning systems and state-of-the-art tensioning units to assure a quality and consistent finish. Located in Severance and Fort Collins, from wedding gowns to sleeping bags, we do it all. For info and directions, call us at 970-775-0623. Again, 970-775-0623. Due to the responses to our Ostrafarian CBD commercial, here's a message from Arnold. I don't know what the big deal is. I just try to use a little accent and sell some CBD and people get all upset at me. I just want to sell CBD. Buy CBD now. Now. Buy it now. To buy or find my kind CBD products, just go to the website 1360khnc.com, click on the shop. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont, or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. Okay. Well, we're wrapping up for today. That went fast. And um, 
I just want to finish up by saying that these, these two witnesses, they begin their testifying on the first day of the 70th week, the first day of the tribulation. This is when the Holy Spirit gives them their power. And they will begin their prophecy. And their prophecy, again, they cannot be two individual people. They will be believers in all the cities and the counties and the regions and the states of this nation, especially this nation, and also in Israel, and basically in the nations where they reside. Because in every city you have believers. In every city you have apostate believers. But in every city you have faithful believers. The one thing about them is they are called prophets, meaning they have something that they are going to prophesy in the vicinities in which they live. And in the time that we're in right now, the Holy Spirit is bringing a deeper understanding to what He means by prophets, what He means by the people who will have apostolic ability that will give direction. You have to be called to these positions. You cannot just assume that you are going to be a great prophet in a locality. You can't. It's by design. God chooses. God trains. And God establishes. There are many uh, in the Colorado Springs prophetic movement years ago. They were in competition. And they were out of their league. And... Uh, They assumed, many assumed that they were just called to be great prophets, this or that. Well, you studied the prophets in the Old Testament. Each one was called for their time, for their area, for a specific purpose. Elijah was called for something different than Amos was called. Daniel for something different than these, these Amos or or uh, Elijah was called for. Daniel was called to a nation while he was in captivity. To a king. To four kings. Isaiah to a vicinity. And he was in four administrations. But his was pre-exile. Daniel was post-exile. So... Well, that does it for today. Podcasts are 1360khnc.com. And you can, uh, my P.O. Box is Rick, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. God bless you. God bless you. See you next week. By now, you know how good CBD can be for you. But here's some things CBD can't help you with. Those annoying calls about your car's warranty expiring, gay frogs, or racist cows. 
climate coaches, or that undying devotion to Alex Jones. This has been a friendly reminder from your friends at 1360 KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins.